Quit looking. Quit. (laughs) If I could paraphrase Jesus' words, stop expecting a literal kingdom and start preaching the spiritual kingdom that is already here. That's come in power for salvation, for healing, for deliverance, for the transformation of lives. Stop looking for us to set up a king in Jerusalem. That's not what's going to happen right now. That is not what's going to happen right now, church. We are still in what we call the church age. Now, it's interesting to see the step-by-step process of preparation. The Holy Spirit cannot be limited to one experience. There's a gradual buildup of His influence. It's been going on, these preparations, throughout Jesus' ministry. He's been talking to them intimating to them that something's coming even beyond me, even greater than what I'm doing. Something's coming. They had great expectations of His coming. He fueled even greater expectations in them of the coming Holy Spirit. Beloved, we need to be doing that today. We need to be telling people, this thing that you're in right now is not the last. It's not the end. It's not all there is. There's more to come. Look forward to it. Jesus taught them to be ready. And so then, let's talk some more about prophecy. Let's look in the Old Testament to Joel 2.28. Joel 2.28, which is the scripture that Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost when he preached and explained what the people were seeing. In Joel 2.28, we read, After this, I will pour out of my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. Let's go back a little further in the Bible and let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 31. And let's read Ezekiel 31 and verses 22 to verse number 28. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act, house of Israel, but for my holy name. You know what, folks? God is going to do a lot of things for his own glory. He really ain't got nothing to do with you. You're just a tool. You're just a a potter's vessel in his hand. Can you be satisfied with that? Can, Can you be happy with that? That God just used you? Can you allow God to use you and be happy with that? Okay, he goes on to say, But which you performed among the nations where you went. I will honor the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Whoa! Boy, he's taking them to task, isn't he? The nations will know that I am Yahweh, the declaration of the Lord God, when I demonstrate my holiness through you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your purities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart. Now here's where the new covenant comes in. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your old heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe the ordinances. Then you will live in the land I gave your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. That was about the new covenant, the day of Pentecost. Now, if you look at Jeremiah 31 and verse 31, again, the prophecies and the prophets of God are talking about 
Pentecost. All of this that we're talking about right now of an inward change happened on the day of Pentecost. Here it is, the new covenant. Look at verse verse 33. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord's declaration. I will place my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will know me from the least to the greatest of them, the Lord's declaration. So what is it then? On the day of Pentecost, the prophets said, it's no longer going to be the old law, the Ten Commandments, but God is going to do something whereby He is going to write on your heart His law. But it isn't just the law. He's going to stamp inside of you an image of Him. And that is what Pentecost, that's what the prophecies of Pentecost were about. Why prophecy? Why the prophetic Listen, our God is a God who speaks. Our God is a God who knows the future. Our God is a God who promises things for the future and delivers on them. And he promised the people hundreds of years before Jesus ever set foot on earth, hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit was ever given, I am going to do something inside of you that's awesome. That's going to make you know me in a way that no law ever could. Prophecy is important. Do you realize prophecy is important today? Do you realize we need to pay attention to what is being said today? Beloved, just as the prophets of old would speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, whether it be through direct revelation or vision or dream, to prepare people for what was to come, just as Jesus foretold that there would be a day of Pentecost, so it is today, beloved, we need to be aware that there are men and women that God will give visions, dreams in the Spirit as He said in Joel 2.28 to forewarn us. And being forewarned, we can be prepared for what is to come. Okay, let me move a little deeper in this now. The prophetic exists for the purpose of preparing believers for what is to come. For the great momentous events that God is going to do that are redemptive in nature. And also those great events that are in some sense His judgment. So we need to be ready and listening to the prophetic as it applies to Pentecost. And who better to be prepared than we Pentecostals? Amen? We claim to listen to the Holy Spirit. We claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let us be aware that God in this time and day will prepare us. Okay, the second thing is prayer.